I'm going to briefly hijack our usual format to say welcome to episode 50 of Mindset Mastery. I want to say a massive thank you for lending me your ears and being part of this journey so far. And to every awesome guest who has shared your knowledge, immersed us in your story and made the show possible, I am so incredibly grateful. I'm so excited to celebrate this milestone with you. And as we head into the next 50, I'd love to know what mindset topics you want to hear about next. Or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, reach out through the link in the show's description. Now, let's jump back into mindset mastery. You talk about sort of the paralysis of perfectionism, right? And perfectionism to me is still under the umbrella of procrastination because it's almost like a justification for procrastination, right? It just says learning can sometimes be procrastination. If you're not applying what you're learning, which I'm guilty of as well, like I'll have so much input, like I'll be listening to audiobooks and speakers and, you know, all these different things. And I find that I overexert myself on that and I'm not working enough on the integration into my own life. Welcome back to the Mindset Mastery Podcast. Today, we're talking about creativity as a way of healing and improving everything in our lives. Joining me on the show is recovery and life coach, Matt Gardner. Matt's training helps people to confront and strip away their negative self-talk and any victim mentality they may have. In his words, take back your control through better words, better breathing, and having fun. He is a huge advocate for the mental and physical health benefits that come with arts and creativity. He's also the host of two podcasts, as well as singer and guitarist in the alt-rock band Ground Level Falcons, which we are going to dive into later in the show. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Yeah, super excited to be on your podcast. Your show definitely stood out when, uh, so obviously we met on the uh, a little behind the scenes here. It's like matchmaker.fm, which does sound like a dating website. It's actually for, <laughs> for guests and podcast hosts to kind of meet up and, and to find different shows to be on essentially, right? So, and yours definitely stands out. I just, I think it's maybe your red hair. I was like, whoa, drawn to that, of course. And, uh, you know, I just started listening. I just love uh, what you're doing with your show, right, first and foremost. And then I was also sort of drawn to the fact that you have this whole other side of you that you do your artistic uh, video editing and everything as well. So super stoked as well. I want to mention to your fan base uh, that you're coming on my show actually tomorrow. So within a 24 hour period, we're on each other's shows, which is super cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that too. So definitely, so, um, definitely. I'm pretty exciting, a pretty exciting setup. So talking about creativity, the first thing that caught my attention was going through the last 12, 18 months in the whole COVID pandemic, I started painting again. And I used to love painting when I was going through school and then life gets busy and, you know, you start your first career. And I, I didn't paint or do any kind of art for many years until last May, I'd say my mom and I started painting again every weekend. And I really found that being creative outside of work, even though I consider my work a very creative space, that really helped every other part of my life and being creative and everything else. And I thought that was really fascinating to me, honestly. So having you on the show talking about creativity and and healing and how it really kind of helps those other areas, I think I've experienced that myself. So I'm really keen to to jump into that. I'd love Absolutely. to hear a bit about your your story and 
I guess, how you got into what you're doing now and helping people like in your your intro, really get rid of those negative self-talk, those negative beliefs and using creativity as a way of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing your, your story. I, that's, yeah, I love to hear that kind of thing because that's exactly what I'm, I'm going for. Like I just said, so basically I, I might jump around a little bit here, but sort of the, the genesis of, of this sort of what I'm doing now and what I've jumped into is uh, I took a six month leave of absence uh, over this past summer from uh, a job that I've been doing for 22 years. So I started when I was 16 and literally just kind of, I was like the, the part-time closing kid while I was going to high school, working at a grocery store, basically pretty modest job. And it was always sort of viewed for me as like a transitional job because uh, first and foremost, I, I viewed myself as a, as a musician. So it was kind of like, you know, until I became rich and famous and a rock star, I was going to work this, this day job. Right. And so, yeah, 22 years later, I kind of got into upper management in this, uh, in this job and and it was all, it was very challenging and fulfilling and things were, were often changing and I was getting transferred to different stores and meeting new people. So that part was great. But, you know, I just turned 40 this, this past summer and I always had this sort of feeling, this nagging feeling that there's a lot of different things that I wanted to try and sort of uh, express myself in a different way. So I ended up taking this six month leave with no real anything to go on other than just a feeling I had, a feeling that something a little bit unfulfilled, I guess, is the easiest way to put it. And just, I, I felt like I was sort of untapped in some way, as far as just what, I, what, what more I can bring to the table, and then how I can, you know, help share my own experiences with other people and help with them. And uh, yeah, about, about a week into my leave of absence, I took this massive nature walk. I, I like, I love camping, so I went out to this campsite that hadn't quite opened up yet, and was just walking around, and I just had this crazy set of ideas as far as. Um, you know, just uh, like having a course on creativity and, and really celebrating what creativity can do. And I, I remember just having my phone with me and just doing this voice memo of all this, like these crazy ideas that kind of came of it. And, you know, just even just being in nature and just being by myself and everything just brought this, all these ideas to light. And that was probably a day three or day four into my leave of absence. And after that, it's honestly, it was just sort of like one thing after another, as far as things falling into place. I don't know how much you believe in like synchronicity or, you know, fate or things happening for a reason, but I very much believe in that just kind of following intuition. So I, I did that. So, you know, a couple months into my leave of absence, I met a guy, I was actually on his podcast and he's, he does uh, the music fit podcast. So he combines the idea of working out and having a health and wellness regime tied in with musicianship because Musicians, let's face it, have kind of had the, the stigma of like, you know, the starving musician, the kind of slouch scope, the stoner slouch, right? And not really taking care of the rock and roll lifestyle, let's face it, not really taking care of ourselves and, and that sort of thing. So he's kind of married those two ideas, which I thought was genius. And anyway, so I was on his show and he introduced me to a uh, coach of his named Mark England. And Mark does Enlifted, which is a just a fantastic world-class coaching, coaching class, coaching seminars that he runs. And basically, I, I got on a call with him the very next day. And within a couple of weeks, I was uh, registered for Enlifted. And that's kind of what got me on the, the, the coaching path. And then so I kind of started combining that idea with, with the creativity, my creative background. And so I ended up actually creating a course over the So that was, I, I'm sure you can kind of relate to I, my first attempt at video editing so obviously there's a lot to it. I, I got the audio editing down. I've been doing that for years, but the actual video editing and putting myself in, in front of a camera and, you know, getting through uh, that learning curve was big, but it's like, you know, I, I had the time to do it. So that's kind of what I did. So I, I created this whole like 52 lesson course on creativity, the benefits of it. So re-engaging. So that's why I want to get back to your story. It's like, 
you're re-engaging this like sort of forgotten hobby that you had and seeing benefits to it, right? So I'm, I know there's so many people out there that are having a hard time, you know, expressing themselves. So there's maybe something missing in their lives. And I think this actually, I, I know that this is very much a sort of an untapped part of like a health and wellness regime. We always talk about exercise and proper nutrition. Don't get me wrong. That's those are both fantastic and, and very important. But I think creativity, and as far as when we're talking creativity, that sounds a little bit vague and open, but I would say like specifically painting, musical instruments, there's so many different things, woodworking, uh, like needlepoint, diff different things you wouldn't even think of, right? Just expressing yourself creati creatively, photography, video editing, like yourself. It's just, it has so many health benefits that actually sort of almost parallel exercise in a lot of ways, like lowering cortisol levels, lowering blood pressure, all these crazy things. So the further I, I went down the rabbit hole, because it was just sort of, again, following intuition on what I like about creativity and what brings, uh, like, as and as what you touched on, how it helps the rest of your life as well. So as soon as I kind of went down that rabbit hole and actually started looking at the science behind it, I'm like, man, there really is something here. So that's kind of what the course is about, uh, Rachel. It starts off with the re-engaging it and getting excited and enthusiastic about it, kind of real, remembering how it was when you were a kid and doodling in your journal and just getting back to journaling, even just pen to paper, just basic things that you kind of forget about uh, the older you get. And, uh, and kind of when you start seeing the, the, the benefits that come from that, getting the momentum built up and it's just, it's just really becomes fun and, and invigorating. And to your point, it really does trickle into all avenues of life. The big rock that I'm hitting, I guess, if you will, is the 10 day a minute challenge, I guess. So, because everybody's like, well, I don't really have time to be doing this and all that sort of thing. So the, for the past year, I have, uh, I committed to seven different acts. So there's like uh, jogging, yoga, uh, guitar, singing piano and yoga and journaling. So I did that 363 of 365 days. I missed it twice, 10 minutes a day on each of those. And so by the end of the year, you will have 61 hours total of accumulated time. Plus the fact you're doing it every day. So then, you know, the muscle memory kind of stays with you and you can make these sort of like, I guess you think of it as like penny stocks. Like you'll have this, like, it'll really start ramping up the accumulation over a certain amount of time. And it really did for me because for me being a guitar player, it would be, you know, I'd play like an hour, a couple hours of specific time a week. And then the other six or seven, you know, six days, I wouldn't play at all. And then just doing that 10 minute a day challenge, man, it just, it's, it's incredible what it does. And I mean, anybody has, you know, an extra 10 minutes a day for anything, really. I mean, it's like 1% of your day, you're awake for like a thousand minutes a day. So 10, 10 minutes, I think you can manage, right? So that's what I'm sort of targeting people as far as like the re-engagement part is just like, just do 10 minutes a day. You'd be shocked how much that will change your life. So that's sort of the, uh, the basis behind that. And then the course, you know, I might've bit off a little more than I could chew, but granted it is my first course that I've ever created. So basically it goes out of that whole re-engagement part, getting into your creative process, like how you yourself talk filters different aspects of your creativity. For example, so Walt Disney had like three different filters he would put his storylines through. So it would be uh, basically everything's on the table. You can be, a, it's the dreamer. You can put anything out there. No ideas, too small, too big. And then he put it through uh, the critics. So somebody that kind of starts picking it apart. And I think the third one, again, can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's something along the lines of like, it's like the critic on steroids almost. It's like the, the person that's like, you flipped it from the dreamer to the, well, you're almost like a cynic, right? Well, that's good, but like, what about this, right? So he has these three filters that he passes it through. And I mean, one of the most successful storytellers of all time, really, right? So, so kind of getting into that. 
And then, of course, getting into my favorite part is talking about the creative blocks because everybody goes through them and it'll show up in your, your like you were talking about, your job is, is creative as well. So even though it's a, a profession that you have, certainly you still have blocks that you go through and you have to work through. So I love attacking those because it, it does show up in your, in your personal life as well. So you're talking about procrastination, uh, if you're prone to distraction, self-doubt, right? Uh, the imposter syndrome, things of this nature. So really identifying those, bringing awareness to them, what the triggers are for those, and then what are the antidotes from that? They're always action-based, of course, to get through those and uh, get you back on the right track. And just kind of like, um, I guess, dehumanizing certain things like failure, like has such a, I guess, negative connotation behind the word, but failure is entirely what you need to learn to get to the next stage. And then finally, uh, setting like deadlines, the importance of setting deadlines. And then as soon as you've gotten to the deadline and released your work, and I'm sure you can relate to this, I'd like to hear what you, what you have to say about it, is after you've released your work, there's almost like this post care that has to go through there because there's a lot of people that as soon as they release it or they don't release it, they have it finished, but they just can't. They're like, oh, I'm too scared, right? And these blocks and these self-doubt and everything like that starts coming back up and, and makes one last appearance for you. And then even when you do, you're like, ah, like I, you can't accept a compliment. There's so many different things that are attached to releasing something to the public, right? So I, you know, talking a little bit about that or a lot about that is how to take a compliment not to take it too seriously but at the same token like you know your heart is in it so you are taking it seriously so kind of navigating that duality and so basically the whole creative journey is the uh, the course so yeah that's kind of the how it all came to be i guess so the main thing for me is like i love the 10 minutes a day thing and the um the whole idea of the fact that like creative pursuits have the same sort of physical and mental reactions to the body that exercise does I think that's just so fascinating and and very overlooked yeah so there's about a dozen things I want to unpack there but... Sorry, yeah, yeah I kind of went off there sorry about that <laughs> no no that's great so I guess to to start with this is a, a story I remember I'm probably going to make a hash of this as well but you know it was a bit of a study they did with two different groups of art students they had one group create one big piece at the end of the semester and the other group created one piece every single day it didn't matter what it was they had to create something every single day and I thought of that when you're talking about just the 10 minutes a day thing and at the end of the semester the group that was tasked at doing a piece every day came out with the most amazing artwork and then the other group some of them barely even got it finished when they had a whole semester and a lot of it was pretty average really so I think that kind of just shows just that accumulation of a small bit every single day really makes a massive difference like compounding the, the skills and the experience that you can have and the creativity that you can develop from there. Oh, totally. I, I, and I love that story. I, it's funny you mentioned that. That is that part of my, one of my slideshows that I have, that exact story. I, I read it in, I'm not sure if you read the book, it's Art and Fear. Mm, haven't read that one. But I haven't read yeah. it. Okay. Highly recommend it. So that they, they mentioned that whole story that you had mentioned as well in there. So I love that too. Cause we talk about sort of a, the paralysis of perfectionism, right? And perfectionism to me is still under the umbrella of procrastination because it's sort of like an almost like a justification for procrastination, right? It just says learning can sometimes be procrastination. If you're not applying what you're learning, which I, I, I'm guilty of as well, like I'll have so much input, like I'll be listening to audiobooks and speakers and you know, all these different things. And I find that I overexert myself on that and I'm not working enough on the integration into my own life. So at that point, it's almost like 
under that procrastination umbrella in a sense too, right? Which is sort of fascinating to think. Yeah, absolutely. And procrastination as well, something that I was watching recently, I think it was Seth Godin talking about procrastination and perfectionism kind of going hand in hand. And often we don't even want to start things because it may not even be conscious, but we think, well, it can't be perfect. I can't Mm. do it perfectly. So you put off even starting it so yeah no for sure for sure so yeah I mean how is it for you like as far as like what is your main block like the one that often surfaces for you in your line of work with the video editing and all that do you find it yeah I'm just curious like is it do you find it's procrastination or self-doubt or is it kind of you know is it kind of do they jockey for position from time to time is it yeah it's yeah a mixture of both I'd say Say if I get if I get stuck on a project, mm. it's probably because I might have this vision for how I want it to look, but it feels too overwhelming. I don't know how to get there. So get into this yeah. bit of a rabbit hole, but I find normally just starting, just doing something to start the project really gets that momentum going. But the block normally comes from not knowing how, and this is again going to the perfection, not knowing how to make it perfect in the beginning. You know what? You brought up a really good point. And that's uh, that's something that's definitely worth talking about is the, the vision that you have in your mind and the gap between that and the finished product. And again, we'll go back to kind of what you're talking about that story. The only way that you're ever going to get to that vision in your head is by putting the reps in, right? So when you're talking about that group that was doing the, you know, a daily activity and we're talking about 10 minutes a day, or you say like, I mean, the, I, I've always liked the quote, like action dispels overwhelm. So you kind of mentioned both of those, like as soon as you just get started, your body kind of releases the idea of this stress or this perfection, if, as long as you're just kind of doing something, some action, and then exactly. And then some momentum will, will, will kind of come of it. But I love that concept and talking about it because as soon as you're aware of it that's that was my main point of frustration for years as a musician was I I would hear the song in my head and then when it was released on the CD I was just like man no this is not not right like this isn't quite it's not quite there you know and and so for the longest time I was kind of like you know the actor that can't watch himself in his in his movies and I I just didn't like that until finally it just clicked and it was man when would it have been probably a good 12 years in of just constantly recording myself and trying and you know it's always it starts with the man do I sound like that you know and just the audio quality and learning how to like support yourself with the EQ and compression all this different stuff so learning the ins and outs of that and you know I guess at a certain point finally it just sort of clicks and man I'll tell you mind you I did have some help but the band I was playing in I uh, got a grant we were awarded a grant so we had a professional album that we were able to do and and I remember usually I just I just remember it's kind of a funny story I usually have a notebook ready to go and when it's time for the final mix I'm just scribbling it down and I just get not angry but a little bit frustrated I'm just like by the end there's like smoke coming off because I'm like so many like microscopic changes I still want to make and I got about two minutes into the first song and I'm just like man I just put the pen and paper down I was like this is awesome and then I just remembered finally enjoying my own music front to back and I remember just texting uh Stu who my producer who my producer is and it's going man you're a genius and then I finally was like it is possible you can get what is in your head out and then after that it's just been like sort of recreating that so it is possible so I guess that's that's my message to anybody it's like it, it definitely is 
uh, you have to put the work in and you have to realize it's going to be on like the, the back of many attempts and, and failures. I hate saying the word failure because of the negative connotation, but I think what you mean experiences, right? But it, it can happen. It definitely can happen. Uh, and how was it, how's it been for you as far as like the video editing and all that, the sort of perhaps the clumsy start to where you're obviously very competent and confident with it now. What kind of a gap was it was similar, like a 10 year kind of thing for you or like what is the sort of the story with you as far as that goes? Yeah, so well, I studied film television. I think I did that back in 2014, 2016. And I guess the next few years, it was mostly creating something and then showing people and then wanting feedback and then kind of not really knowing whether it was good or not. And so I guess from then until now, that whole journey, whereas like now I can look at my own work and kind of go yes or no, it's, I say good enough. That's probably not really the word I want to go for, but like that is, that Mm. is it or it doesn't feel right yet. And Mm. I think, again, going back a couple of years at the start of the pandemic, work was a bit here and there. So I just did some creative videos. It was a three-part series of three different artists. I created three just like kind of story-driven art videos. I think doing that, just I totally stepped back from what I was doing with the business and made these videos just for fun. I think that, and like what you said about you get to a point where you go, yes, like that that is it's possible to get out of my head, you know, and get it onto, for me, onto the video. So I think that moment and that forms like a belief in your mind that, well, I've done it once now, therefore I can do it again. So for me, that was just the same process. You finally make something that you think, yes, like this is, this is it. It feels great, but it was a long journey to get there. So for you, do you have any advice around, I guess, shortcutting that or is that just kind of process where you just keep making stuff but getting to the point where you can just sit back with your work and kind of go you know I can create what I want to create in my head so yeah very good question I you know and I guess reluctant to say shortcutting but what what you can do to so almost give yourself the perception that there's a shortcut I love using structures or or again or deadlines and that's why it comes up in, in the course that I've created and, and for my band as well just to use an example we have we've gotten to this, the point where we basically do certain shows at certain times a year so almost these like traditions that you create as well and I guess for example like I'll do for the last album I, I basically put okay this is a three-year plan so in the next three years I want to do two albums that one is it's it tells a story and one is you know based on whatever whatever storyline and then the second one that came out a couple of weeks back is sort of the prequel to that so i basically give myself a 3 year amount of time and i have a vision for that to tell a story and i got two albums that are going to come with it i have a, a, an idea of like collaborating with a, a few different other artists around town as well so they can kind of create into this like almost like a spotify playlist that kind of creates this big like soundtrack of about three or three and a half hours worth of material and so by doing that you know before you know it three years has gone by you've made all these massive gains you've been able to stretch yourself creatively in many different ways and you've collaborated with people so you've learned off of them as well and i guess in a sense that's a shortcut if 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 you follow me here it's like your perception of time has gone by so quickly and you've you've done so much different things but it doesn't feel like this long 20 15 year journey because you've broken it up into these these intervals of projects 
so again that's why i like the idea of like uh, sort of running traditions like we always do uh like a live show sort of like a seasonal live show so it'll be like a, a winter uh spring a summer and just around town here and what right, right now we've been doing like facebook live because of you know circumstances being what they are uh but those types of things so and then that sort of breaks things up and it gives you i don't know almost like a safe zone to really experiment and you've given yourself an allotted time and some parameters and structure to work towards. And then it doesn't feel as overwhelming because you have broken it down into these chunks and you, you've given these, this, uh, it's like, again, like all bets are off. You can do whatever your mind wants to do in a two or three year period. And then after that two or three year period is you have to release it. And then there's that, that sort of cathartic idea, you know, feeling where you've, I very much believe in just like the whole like energy exchange. So as soon as I have released an album to the world. I have this instant, like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm just like a lightning, lightning rod for, of creativity because right after, because all that creative energy has kind of come to this culmination and it's been released quite literally, like almost physically, it feels like it. And then all of a sudden it, there's like all this extra room for this new batch of creativity. So I'm already working on the next two or three years, right? So in that sense, I hope that makes sense. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? You have like two or three years to work on this. And before you know it, you've stacked, you know, three or five of those and you're 15 years ahead. And so to me, that kind of feels like a shortcut if you are breaking things into chunks and intervals and, and creating these areas for you to kind of experiment within safely as well. So I guess that would be my, how I would explain it. And then of course, just the, uh, back to the 10 minutes a day thing, like just keeping on that, you know, it's kind of a theme that we've been talking about on the show is this is it's, it's quantity over quality for sure. And then the quality will come. Yeah, that's so right. Another short quote. I've got I've got a whole heap of sticky notes on my my wall here for anyone that I see that um, just listening. Yeah. But one of them is creativity fuels creativity, and that kind of brings yeah. kind of back to what we we're talking about. Where just the more Completely. that you are creative, and what you said about once you've released an album, you just like all this other creative energy yeah. out. So it just kind of is continuous fuel that you keep working on it. Ten minutes a day, it's going to keep compounding. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no, there's no better feeling than the inception of something like, I, I just love the idea that like anything goes and, you know, there's nothing better to me. I get this like a huge adrenaline dump when I get an idea. I was like, whoa, that's it. And combining. So basically my creative process is like, I will combine a lot of different things that are happening in my life. And, you know, you, if you're really listening or, or paying attention to, you know, synchronicities and happenstance and, and things of this nature, there is a lot that kind of happens that, that speaks to you, I, I feel anyways. And I like to sort of connect the dots between that and sort of marry it in this, uh, this uh, like sort of fiction universe almost. And then also have sort of an autobiographical spin on it. Like I think any, a lot of good filmmakers have, you know, elements of themselves that they're, they're showing in the film, but it's also sort of masked behind this, like, obviously this, uh, you know, fiction, basically this wall of fiction, right? So I've really gotten into that whole idea because before when I was uh, writing, I would definitely, it was kind of like the, the angsty teenager, you know, like writing, it's like singing my diary almost. And it was just like, man, it was so embarrassing because like, five years later, I'm like, I don't even feel like this. And, you know, everybody's like, man, Matt, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And so now I'm like, I purposefully put this like wall of fiction in between. I'm like, no, it's just, it's just a story, man. I'm fine. I'm all good. But meanwhile, yeah, of course there's like, you have to 
sing or create to what you know, right? What you feel. And you know what, that's, I, I guess, as good a point, uh, point as any to segue into, you know, there's a lot to do with, you know, recovery and addiction, like this recovery from that, as far as with creativity, like there's, you know, art and music therapy. It's for a lot of people that have a lot of like trauma and they have a very hard time articulating themselves it creates this whole other outlet for them to express themselves. And it could be something as simple as painting or journaling or coming up with a, a piece of music that just touches themselves and gets them to express it and get it out of their system in such a way that feels safer than sitting down with a counselor, perhaps. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just suggesting it as a, a different method for people. So there's a, there's a lot of different articles about that that I was reading about as well that just it's just amazing. And I mean, for me personally, it's, it's helped me a lot too. I think music is one of the most sort of like empathetic, you know, things out there as far as like, you know, when you hear blues music, it can be super uplifting just because now, you know, somebody feels the way that you feel about it. So it's sad, but it's also uplifting. And I just love that about art and music in general. It's the, the, the dualities that can be sort of touched on in, in art in general is just amazing. I just can't think of anything else like it on earth. Yeah, and that's why we we love music and we relate to music, isn't it? Because it's talking to us, it's talking to that emotional part of us that, like you said, it makes you feel like, oh, well, someone else feels this way. And you think you like different songs on different days because you have different emotions on different days. And I think that's why music is just such a big and important part of who we are as human beings. Oh, completely. Yeah. There's, you know, music is, for me, I don't know how it is for you, but it's like, it's, it can really like, teleport you back to like when I hear Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers that came up on, on my grad year right so that was like I remember immediately it transports me back to like my first car like a 1989 Ford Escort I had it on cassette that cassette just happened to be a little bit louder for some reason than all the other cassettes just the way it was mixed or mastered and I just remember yeah like driving around my hometown I listening to that album like ad nauseum right and and it really transports me back to that time and the feelings that I had and it's strange that music is so, has this like, you know, teleportation quality almost to it, where like, you know, it can really bring you back to, to certain times in your life. And it's just unlike anything else in that way. That is where we'll leave it for part one of our creativity talk with Matt Gardner. If you'd like to connect with Matt, head to the links down below. There is also a link where you can check out the conversation we had on his podcast, Electric Soil. In the next episode, we continue our chat and go deeper into some of the physical and mental benefits of being creative. Once again, I'd like to thank you for sharing episode 50 with me, and I'd love to know what mindset topics you would like to hear about next. Until next time, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.